Hey, y'all. It's me, Jess Bubbico, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited because I have a licensed mental health counselor here with me today, Melissa Turvey Seabury. Melissa, thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kick off. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got into this work. Sure. So I'm a licensed mental health um, counselor here in Florida. And I'm, I'm in Naples, Florida. And so I got into this work, let's say I went back to school in 2013 and really like many of us, it was because of my own journey, right? And um, my life taking different turns from my own decision-making and experiences that I had growing up. Um, and so I found myself needing support. And while I was getting that support, I was told by other, by other therapists, you know, you kind of have a niche for this and, and just being able to sit with people and walk people through, um, barriers and challenges and things in their lives. It's like, I felt a connection and that was something that I never really had. Right. And so sitting down and, and being in like, um, I guess a form of hell, you know, um, of my own making, I was, uh, I was able to connect with these other humans and just kind of guide them and walk with them in their journey. And I thought, this is something that I want to do. So I went back to school in 2013 and, um, I thought I was going to just focus on substance abuse. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's kind of a, that could go into a whole other tangent of us being open, you know, for what the, the universe has for us, but I, um, I found myself in uh, an internship for domestic violence and very soon was led into working with victims of human trafficking. And so, um, was introduced to trauma really early on in, in, um, in, in my profession, I guess, or in my education. And once I was presented with those clients, I just, I, I felt it you know, and, um, it made sense to me and the, the journey that they needed to take made sense to me. And so since, uh, 2015, I've been working with some version of traumatic experiences with my clients. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to rewind a little bit because it's sure. cool. Cause I didn't know all of this either. So I think it's really amazing. What did you start out in before you became a mental health counselor? So my original life was I was a dancer. So I went no to school my back. Yes. Yes. So my bachelor's, I have a BFA in dance and, um, and, and that's, that's what I did. So I was, you know, 
artistic. And I think that's really how I expressed a lot of what was going on with me and, and the discipline kept me kind of making, you know, somewhat good decisions, you know, uh, if anyone is dance, like, I don't know if anyone's listening to this and they're like, oh yes, I know if you, if you kind of are in the dance world, it is very disciplined. And, um, so, so that was my life. And, um, and I always did sit and we obviously would, would talk about things that were going on with us, but what we did was we created. So when life was unfair or we felt emotional or we were happy or whatever it might be, we choreographed, we created, and that was that outlet. Um, so human emotion was not something that I wasn't exposed to. I was always exposed to that and, and kind of dove into what was going on in society or in the community or even in myself and other people. It was just, I guess, navigating it neurologically or biologically was a little bit different. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. We're going to connect to, I want to talk about trauma in a little bit. Yes. Because what's coming into my mind in this moment is like, you must, it, your dance background with what you're doing with trauma and that deep connection to your body mm-hmm. must have been super helpful for where you are headed with trauma work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many different theories, you know, and I encourage everyone to just, uh, and, and I think if I can also trauma is it's, um, it's subjective. Okay. You know, and I think there's so many people that don't go for help or assistance or guidance or whatever you, you want to call it for yourself support because they say, well, my trauma, like my experience isn't that, you know, I, this didn't happen to me. So it's not traumatic. And what I know from their trainings and what I'm still a, a student too, right. Is that if my body is affected, you know, that's our limbic system, our bottom brain. That's where our amygdala is. That's where the hippocampus resides. And if, if it's in my body and my body is responding, then that system is starting to activate, right? Or another kind of thing to think about is if I have had a lot of thought strategies presented to me, right? I've gone to counseling. I've done things like cognitive behavioral therapy. I've done these other things, which are great. They're great, great, great. And, and I'm using these strategies and they work for this. And then like, they're not working for this though. I still blew up. I still got upset. I don't know what's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. Um, I'm just, you know, whatever it might be. That's usually an indicator that we're in a whole different system. Mm-hmm. And, and so your body is telling you something. And so, um, dance absolutely gave me, and I think also like that attunement and dancing with my client, I don't really dance with you. So if you come into the office, I am not going to do the tango, <laughs> but like, I mean, I guess we could, if you felt like you needed to, but, um, it's more about that interaction, right. And, and knowing when to push and knowing when to back up and us really working as a team and a unit to address and process what you're coming as a session for. And most therapists are like that. They really yeah. are Jess. you know, mm-hmm. they, they want to walk with you. We want to walk with you. Want you to be an active participant and what we're doing. And, um, but the body, um, that the body will tell us if there's something going on, we just have to listen to it. Totally. Which it's so easy. I feel like people are getting better about it because there's so much more awareness, Mm -hmm. but man, it's easy to be like, Oh, I've just had a, 
you know, numb leg for seven years, which was me. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, it just becomes a part of your everyday. Oh, you know what? It's just normal that I have a really tense back or that when I'm talking to ABC person, I feel massive anxiety in my chest. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between, cause you said CBT, Let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the difference between like talk therapy and then trauma-based therapy. What are the difference between those two things? Sure. So, and again, like this is my understanding, right? And, and, and this is, you know, I am still learning new things. So, um, but the, we want to, we want to think about the fact that we've got many different areas in the brain, but I'm going to talk about two main parts and that's your frontal cortex right and that's your thinking that's your logic that's like um you know what what am i thinking about so cognitive behavioral therapy the idea is like our thoughts affect our emotions which affect our behavior right if we're thinking negative all throughout the day if we're thinking that you know something's going on with our relationship or we're thinking that you know um irrational thoughts right like uh, my boss is going to call me and I must've done something wrong. Right. I've done a thousand things, right. But I'm going to focus on the one bad thing that I did. Um, that can affect our emotions. You know, our, our thoughts start racing, they start racing, they start racing, and then it affects our behavior. Uh, anxiety or a traumatic experience or anything can really be triggered by our thoughts as well. So we do want to be mindful about what we're thinking. And if we can reframe, right? Ground, take deep breaths. Um, you know, I it's find the evidence. Like, do you have evidence that that's what's happening? You know, or what is the evidence, right? You're going in, you made a mistake. But like, tell me about the relationship you have with your boss. Like, do you have a good relationship with your box boss? Do you feel like you can have a conversation with them? You can be heard. You guys get to the solution. I mean, what is a mistake? Really? It's a, it's a lesson to be learned, right? So if you have somebody who's supportive, tell me the reason that you think that this is going to be a negative thing. Okay. So we're all talking. That's what, what cognition, um, you know, when we're in the free, the, the, prefrontal cortex. It's all about analyzing it, thinking it, reframing. We're here, right? Mm-hmm. That that bottom brain, right? That limbic system, this is, it is not connected to the frontal cortex. What, what I've learned, our, our frontal cortex cannot say, calm down, stop it. So, you know, when someone is, you know, just completely <laughs> escalated and, and they're, they're shaking, they're sweating. You can just tell maybe if you measured their, um, how they're feeling from zero to 10, they'd be at like a nine. They cannot make themselves stop. Yeah. Our frontal cortex cannot make that part stop. It's actually, I, what I know is it's multiple layers. There's grant, it's granular. It's just not connected. In fact, the limbic system kind of pulls the plug and is like, I got the body. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some fun now. Like, you know, you, you know, you're like, whatever, like we're having a party down here. And, um, and so therein lies the problem. And the only way that we can really regulate that area is to show that there's not danger right now. Right. And that is through exposure. So we really have to be in that situation, fall into that activation and allow the body to recognize that we're secure, that there's solutions 
And it does that by being in the moment and nothing happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's kind of a way that we, we trick it and, and things like EMDR brain spotting They're they're really they're, um, not that it's not an emotional experience or a physical experience that the clients go, go through yet. It is kind of like the gentler, softer way of doing exposure, but there's hierarchy where you can actually go into a situation, expose yourself into the situation. There's so many different, um, not so many, but there's a few different strategies to do that. There's somatic, you know, work, which is all in the body. So, you know, we're, we're getting to find different ways in this field to really address that sort of activation. So people can find long-term healing. Yeah. I love yeah. that. As you were talking, what I was thinking is it's like, there's the, the thinking mind that comes in, like you said, and is like, okay, it's irrational. I know my boss loves me. I just got a raise. There's no reason. So it's kind of like being able to go a couple layers deeper and go, what's the actual thing that's happening beneath my conscious mind. That's creating a reaction that does not meet the circumstance that's happening in my life. Right. An email from my boss. Why are my palms sweaty? And I'm freaking out even though I know in my mind, I can rationalize it. Okay. I can develop a strategy to go, okay, he's a good boss. He likes me. I just got to raise this and that, but I'm actually mm-hmm. going to, you help people to, to, I don't want to say bypass the thinking mind, but go layers deeper than the thinking mind to kind of right. rewire all of those connections that are making your palms sweat and your heart beat and all of that to kind of understand mm-hmm. why is that happening on a deeper layer? Is it where does that stuff usually come from? Is it childhood? Is it like traumatic situations? What it, what do you find when you can get beneath that mental layer? What usually is underneath it? Um, well, you know, I was thinking one thing is that when you, you just described that perfectly is if you're sitting there and you're listening, you're going to, oh my gosh, that's me. I must need this. Remember that if you can think your way out, you're not in that negative belief system. Okay. Mm. So it's okay. It's okay for us to be nervous that something is happening because it means it, it means that it, that it matters, right? We, we, as, we, as humans and people, I would love for us to, to resist not liking anxiety, anger, all of these emotions. It is appropriate to feel a vast amount of emotions. It just is maladaptive when they take over our system. So yeah. what you were saying is like, when we know it's taking over our system, we just can't get it to stop. Um, these experiences usually are pretty deep, but, but they could be five years old, you know, from, uh, and, and what I mean is like, you could be in your forties and it could have kind of maybe happened two years ago or when you were 35 years old because there was a significant breakup or there was, you know, you had made it and you had your job that you've always wanted. And then something happened. And I think the piece is that you pick up, we pick up a negative belief system that's at the core of who we are. I'm a mistake. I'm not important. I'm not good enough. I'm gonna die. I've got to be in control. And these negative belief systems, we want to match them with fight or flight. Like it's survival here. 
you know? Mm. So we're looking at an understanding of this belief system. We would argue about this with somebody that like, no, this is inherently who I am and it's not great, you know? And so it, it can be very young. It could even have been created when we were in utero. So there's, there, you know, there's research that states that certain, um, experiences that we have while we're in the womb from the the third trimester in particular that can't those can affect us or in the delivery if it was a long delivery or if we were trying to you know during the birthing process we're trying to come out and you know meet the world but we're unable to do that for certain reasons and there's a c-section um that restriction we've seen some some experiences from um, from people, uh, negative belief systems of being stuck, of being trapped. Um, you know, also uh, if there was maybe like an adoption or some sort of separation, an individual being in a NICU, we we've seen that, and that can carry through to us. And and it's even more of a frustration for us as adults because we're like, I had a pretty good childhood. I don't know what this is about. You know, yeah. like how come I feel like I'm going to be abandoned? I really can't remember a time that I was abandoned. Well, maybe it was something like this. And um, this isn't about good or bad. It's about how it affected our system. And if our system felt threatened or felt like we were going to be alone, it was a danger. And that's, that's when, you know, we kind of start, we start looking for things and evidence and we don't even know we're doing it. Right. So as we start growing up and it's like, oh, see, here's evidence. Right. You know, like you're going to be abandoned. Right. And we just kind of pick these things up and um, and then we start seeing it in ourselves, uh, in our body, you know, um, having pain, having illnesses in our body. And so, you know, with working with trauma and, and really broadening the definition of trauma, I think is important so that people can honor their own experiences and say, you know what, my, my body or my spirit or my emotions were traumatized. It, it, it did affect me and I can heal this. Yeah. I love there's, I love everything that you just said. And there's so many, I love the distinction that you made first off where you said, okay, if it's something I can kind of talk myself out of like versus Mm -hmm you know, I've had clients who are like, I just like, I can't, like, I can't, my body is stopped. I can't. And I don't know why I love that Mm -hmm. distinction between, okay. As an example today, there's people at the Airbnb next to me and they (laughs) left the cover off of the hot tub and everything in my body. I was like, I'm so pissed that these people are not being considerate of this space. And I felt myself get angry, but I could talk myself out of it. Right. And I'm like, okay, calm down. Like you're fine. Right. Versus this, like, I don't know. I'm going to see this person and I can't tell you why I'm nervous or why Mm -hmm. I feel this way, but I can't stop the reaction. And I, now I'm saying there's something wrong with me, right? Two different. I love that distinction between it because I think oftentimes in the personal development world, there's a tendency to pathologize like everything and be like, oh, I can't, I, I got angry at the dude who left the cover off of the hot tub. So there must be something wrong with me. And now I got to figure out how to fix that about myself. I, I see with a lot of people, there can be this sort of fixing tendency within right. this space. So I love how you're creating that distinction between those two things. Um, 
I would love to talk about some of the tools that you use with your clients mm-hmm. to kind of go underneath into that limbic system and create that, that environment for healing. My tricks. You want to hear about my tricks. We want to know your bag of tricks. <laughs> um, well, you know what? The thing that pops into my head right away is the therapeutic relationship and the alliance. Right. And I know that sounds that might sound silly or crazy. You know, I could go into all of these other technical terms, but I want to tell you that for a client to come in and they're open and we build a relationship, um, a therapeutic relationship, that there's an understanding that I, I, I try to make this space as secure as I can. Right. You know, um, that this is a place that good and bad really doesn't exist. It's just about experiences and thoughts and um, memory, whatever it might be, right? So we got, we have to lay it all out on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's like a puzzle piece, right? I mean, how many of you have like gone, you're doing a puzzle and there's like three missing. It's just not complete. So good, bad, or ugly, it makes us who we are. Um, so that's another trick too, is just to really have that understanding in that agreement that it's a, it's a place that is welcoming of all memories and experiences and feelings. And, you know, we don't need to identify or label them a certain way in, in the session. Um, I love parts work. I, you know, I can see Jess and she's smiling and she knows this about me. I just love parts work. And, and I think that that's, I know that that's one thing that I use in session a lot is how old is that part, you know? Um, and uh, and also what do we think about that part from David Grant um, who, who uh, created brain spotting? He, there's a, there's a phase where he talks about that and he asks like, do you like that part? And I think that's so powerful because when we look back on our different experiences and if there's parts of us that we don't like and we want to get rid of how many of us have said that i want to get rid of that and so i i kind of work with my clients and go but it's a part of you yeah. it's a part of you so what would happen if if we if we change that to you getting rid of it to you stay in control you're still the adaptive self And you say, thank you so much for bringing that information to me, you know, that that affected you in whatever way. I've got it. Right. Just like you can sit down on the bus. I've got it. We're going to keep on going where we're going. I appreciate that. Let me explore that. But I'm not going to give you the keys to the car anymore. You know, And, and so instead of trying to kick it out, we just regulate it and we consolidate it into a part of us and we see the value in that part because there's nothing in us that come, well, I shouldn't say nothing. That's kind of irrational. Many, most of the things inside of us, right? um, They're there for a reason. So something Mm -hmm. happened and I got angry and anger came out and is like a big brother and sister and said, no, I love this person and you're not going to do that to her. And I'm going to tell you about yourself and I'm going to push you out the door and there's no way you're getting in. And so the motive of anger is not to hurt. The motive of anger is to protect. 
So if I look at that part of me and I'm like, wow, that part of me is trying to protect me, what do I need to do to regulate mm-hmm. it? And so that's another big thing that I that I use. Um, grounding, deep breathing, EMDR, brain spotting, knowing the body paying attention to tightness or butterflies or stomach, um, you know, knots or tension in the neck or the back, um, you know, just really paying attention and, and, and noticing shifts in our body, temperature changes. Um, it can tell us so much when we're working together. And then laughter, you know, being mm-hmm. able to talk about the silly things for a few minutes and just being human in section and saying, okay, like, you know, now naturally, organically, we're going to get to work. You know? Yeah. Okay. Also love all of this. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, first off, yeah. I just want to say the therapeutic relationship in general, like how much mm-hmm. healing can happen just in seeing someone validating them, making them feel heard. You know, it's like, we've all had that friend that we go to, or that person that can help us just like, we feel completely not judged for who we are. We don't have to hide anything about ourselves. It's like so incredibly huge. So I, yes. I love that. Um, the thing I wanted to say too. So when we look at parts work, mm-hmm this is, you're saying it's like when an emotion comes up and we're like, Ooh, what is that? I was just happy. Or I was just grounded. I was just centered. And then something poked me and now anger is coming up or what exactly are parts or how do we discover them? When do they come up? Sure. So there's, there's different theories, right? So if people are interested in in this, you can look into internal family systems. You can work into, look into Robin Shapiro ego states. Um, I mean, there's, there's different uh, therapeutic theories that, that have parts work and they're amazing. And I'm still a student in all of these different things, you know? Um, So uh, but but with the parts, right, we can look and call them different names, different ages, or we can just notice that this is my anger part. I think the age really is um, helpful when we are doing something like EMDR and we're doing a target sequence where we're going from like the present and we're tracking down, we're trying to get to that touchstone memory. Like, when was it? When did it first start? And um, And so when we're talking about an emotion, it's like, well, how old is that? Have you ever been in this situation and it happens and then you look back and you're like, I was acting like I was a kid, right? Like, or I just felt like a teenager or I haven't done that since I was like 20 something years old, right? And we notice this like immaturity or maybe just like a different focus, um, in our behavior. And so that's sometimes a great indicator that there was an experience at that age that we just didn't really heal or we didn't learn how to do it. You know, it's, um, I love this story and I don't want to talk too much, but I love this story. A professor. Talk. That's why you're here. I was talk. Talk. That's, what I'm here to talk. that's what you're here to do. Told, told me this. <laughs> giving all my stuff, but I love, I love these things. And I want people, I really have a passion for people understanding that it is okay to have different emotions. It's what we do with them. And, you know, and to look at our emotions in in a different way and that we're not all healed and what it looks like if maybe we need to 
heal a certain area. So the the idea, the the story, or I don't know if this was a case, I don't know, but um, so you have a kid and they're having social anxiety and they're going to school, right? And 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 they're having this big struggle. And so the parents take their child into therapy and say, you know what, like, you know, our our son, our daughter, um, they just have th- this 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 anxiety. Right. You know, like they're having issues in school, like they can't even go. They have stomach problems. They're just feeling sick. All of these things. We don't know what to do. We tried all of these things. We'll come to find out right through getting some information. You ask the parents because you're watching them and they just don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And not that as a parent, I'm a parent that I always know what to do. Yet it's just this connection of almost desperation and and so maybe we'd ask this, this set of parents, well, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your experience in school. I had social anxiety too, right? Yeah. So we, it come, we come and we find out that one parent or maybe both parents struggled with this same problem and they just kind of pushed through it. They never really healed. They didn't find that um, path. Well, guess who's showing up every time that child comes home? It's this this part and they don't know what to do. So it's not negative, right? It's not a bad thing. And in fact, we can use that, you know, to connect the whole family and externalize this problem. And the whole family can fight this social anxiety together and um, navigate it. But that's what we see. So when we have these challenges and we stop for a second and we're like, I don't know what to do. It's because we probably don't know what to do. Yeah. And that part just never figured it out. You know, and it's, I see too, how they say, like, when you go for healing in some capacity therapy, whatever Mm -hmm. you heal backwards and forwards, you heal the people who came before (laughs) you and the people afterwards, because Truly it's, it must be, I'm not a parent, but it must be to see your child go through the same thing that you went through a feeling of, and, and no, you didn't, I mean, as human beings, we learn through the people around us, the experiences around us. So if you see this showing up in a child and you didn't know how to help it for yourself and no one around you knew, then how are you going to, you don't have the roadmap to help that Mm -hmm. child through that same experience and how that I can understand what you're saying about that helplessness or that desperation that a parent might feel wanting to help their kid, but really not knowing how to do that. And maybe all of the strategies, right. That we try to give ourselves or give our children or give our friends and it's just not working and we're reaching and reaching and we just can't find that path. And it could be because we didn't navigate through it. And, and, and so, you know, I think what this work does is that we start seeing people go, oh yeah, you know what? Like I identify, I can feel that in my, my body. And I don't know, I don't know how to navigate that, you know, or we start noticing what we care about or how things affect us, you know? And, um, so I, I use, I use parts work in that way is to, or the anger or the emotion. Um, and I also think too, to kind of like externalize it, you know, like, what do you think that angry part is saying? Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's fall into that, right? Let's, let's notice that. Let's be curious about what we think that part is saying, that anger is saying, 
And what is that about? And, and so when a client starts exploring that and really looking at it, and, and remember, the longer we stay in something, the more we're exposing ourselves to it. The more we expose ourselves to it, our usually our limbic system will go, oh, this is a, like, uh, okay, you know, and, and we'll notice a little reprieve. Now, this isn't, it's always the best to do it with somebody else, right? And, you know, somebody that's watching you and noticing your shoulders and your shifting and your eyes blinking and all of those different things and can say, okay, you know what, like, let's go ahead, let's take a deep breath, let's ground, you know, let's be in this space um, and get you back here. But it can tell us so much about our activation and our triggers is, is instead of going, I want to get rid of anger is kind of going, okay, what are you saying? Yeah. Why are you so angry? You yeah. Know? Well, because you know why? Because I don't know how to create boundaries. I'm angry because I have no idea how to create boundaries, how to verbalize them, how to respect other people's boundaries. And so then, you know, people are crossing over mine. And so anger is upset. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love the way you're framing this too, because I think we've been taught so often that emotions are something we have to change, even in the personal development world. It's like immediately I feel something and then I have to like make it go away by doing something. And mm -hmm. I love what you're saying because I, I do think that the longer the, and what you're saying about having somebody there to help facilitate that, because I think it helps to create, at least in my experience, when I've had someone sitting there, when I'm going through an emotion, it provides grounding in a very different way than if I'm just going through it on my own. And, and it helps me to de-escalate de myself. And I think one of the things that I've noticed as I've done more of this work over the past year, a little mm -hmm. over a year is that I've actually found myself come out of like blaming other people as much where first off, I think when I would experience anger, there was a very topical, logical, trying to figure out where it came from. If I go with yeah. the, the, the hot tub example, because it's top of mind, right? I might go, well, I must be mad that this is off because my sister, when I was a kid, didn't do blah, blah, blah. But when I right. go in, right. And I'm like, I'm creating a logical connection of what it must mm -hmm. be. And what I found is the more I actually go inward and do this work and have this space held for me in a therapeutic session, I'm like, oh, it's definitely not that like, oh, that thing came out of left field that my body's releasing that I thought the anger must be coming from this, but it actually was completely coming from something that because it's subconscious, right? It's be, it's below right. the conscious mind. And what I've found is that like, I feel like I have a completely different nervous system than I had a year ago because of the fact that I don't feel like before I'd be like, well, this is happening. I draw the conclusion. It must be because my sister did this. And then I'd be pissed at my sister about something that happened 20 years ago that I don't even know if I was actually mad about it or not. And then I was blaming other people and so I think it's really powerful to understand that the nature of doing this type of work in those areas and regions where we're going, oh, I'm, I can't get over the anger. I can't get past this thing to be mm -hmm. able to have that space held 
to be able to go deeper, to look be beneath the, what the conscious mind is experiencing or saying something is, um, is just exceptionally powerful. So that's why I think this work that you're doing is amazing. It, thank you. I, you know, I, I love one of the coolest experiences. There's a lot of cool experiences, but you know, when somebody comes in and, and says, you know, I'm having, I'm having this challenge, this, this issue, right? But I've worked on the issues with my dot, 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 right? Like just insert whatever it might be. And, um, and, and we do, I love that you said that is like, we want to make it about this person or this situation or what it is. But when we, we do this work and we start listening to our body and, and we're with, you know, we're in the, that therapeutic attunement and we're exploring that sensation that we have in, in our, in our body, right? The tightness, whatever it is, um, memories and different thoughts are going to, sometimes they'll start just coming up and it's really cool to hear. And even just for the client to identify, oh my gosh, guess what I'm thinking about? And they're not even linked. Yeah. Sometimes they're not even linked. You're talking about this and then you're talking about that and you're talking about this person. And now you're talking about a job and it, and, and they're not linked by face or name, but they're linked about how we feel about ourselves. And when we feel more connected and we feel more um, just, uh, yeah, I guess connected, you know, our center of self, we, we, we are okay with the assets and the defects that we have, um, and we can navigate that a little bit better, then, then we're able to interact with society, humanity, you know, mm -hmm. other, a single person a little bit better. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I love this. And I think that our, our listeners too. are going to really enjoy um, what you are talking about today. And I hope that this has helped a lot of people just start to, I think, gain some awareness around mm -hmm. where these patterns might come from and also see possible solutions mm -hmm. that can help to process things on a deeper level. So um, where can everybody find you? I know you're obviously based in Florida, but you do yes. your license other places too, and you do consultations. So tell everybody how they can get in touch. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm licensed in Florida and Connecticut. So, and I do um, telehealth as well. So um, you can get a hold of me and I have to pull this number up because everything now is, we'll link it in the show notes too. We'll so link if you, it. yeah, yeah. So, so it'll be, beneath. you can link everything. And so I work for two organizations, two agencies called therapy treatment team and counseling of Southwest Florida. And I am in Naples, Florida, and I'm not the only clinician here. We have so many of um, a number of different clinicians that do brain spotting that do um, EMDR work. And that also just do great great work in general, as far as honoring the thoughts and the emotions. And so any of the strategies that I listed, there's, um, other clinicians here that can help you too. Amazing. And you do consulting for brain spotting. I do consulting. Yeah, I do. Well, I do consulting as far as not, if you are, um, trained, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm right now working on getting 
I guess, certified, certified brain spotter. Um, but if you have a question and you want to know about it, um, you absolutely, we can do like a 15 to 30 minute consultation, um, you know, about what it, what it would look like. And I think EMDR too. So if you have any questions and you wanted to meet with myself or any of the other clinicians about what therapy is all about or what we could help you with, guide you with, um, we can, we can schedule something like that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to link everything like I said in the show notes. So you can learn more about Melissa and yeah. Amazing. Thanks for being here with me today. Just be kind to yourself, everyone. and Love your emotions. They're there for a reason. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I love it. That's a perfect thing to end us with today. All right, everybody out there, make it a great day. And I'll see you back here on the next episode of the podcast. Hey, hey. Thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast.